1: It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989 9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Lawn with this week's smart garden yes indeed and we are blessed to have mary meyer in studio and she's thawing out i'm thawing out that's
0: right it's great to be here we didn't leave you two
1: out in front of the building too long did we (laughs) no oh that's good dennis went to the to the to the rescue uh if you're new to the show thanks for joining us yes i know it's one below but we're going to talk lawns and gardens anyway like we do 52 weeks a year And if you have any kind of a Lawn and Garden question for Mary, who, by the way, is a horticultural science faculty member at the U of M Extension Horticulturalist, knows her stuff as you've uh, if you've listened to the show before. Uh, So ask Mary your question, as I said, either by phone or by text. Uh, You and I were talking before. There's so many things to talk about today.
0: Right. Besides
1: helping our listeners out. And this, by the way, By the Yard our friends down in Jordan, Minnesota, maintenance-free outdoor furniture, visit the art.net. They sponsor the show every week, and we thank them for, uh, for that. Uh, you, you and I just started talking about well, you bring up the subject. What's yeah, this about so, ice cubes?
0: Oh, ice cubes. We can talk about it. We have so much to talk about. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so there's um, been some new research. I know many of our listeners have orchids. You know, orchids are the most popular potted plant now. That's a flowering plant that's sold, orchids. And they're wonderful. They last a long time. And I'm sure many of our listeners have heard, water your orchids with ice cubes. Really? Yes. Yeah, so orchids are tropical so ice cubes etc so there has been some research now done on this and while professional growers are definitely not using ice cubes Many times homeowners have done this. And so Ohio State University and University of Georgia did some testing with orchids. And they put three ice cubes on an orchid a pot on right on the bark there once a week. And then they had other orchids they watered with water. Now, the equivalent is about a third of a cup of water. It's not very much water. So they did this uh, either a third of a cup of water or three ice cubes once a week for 4 to 6 months and mm. and saw no difference in the health of these orchids and they had mostly the moth orchids phalaenopsis is the common one that people buy so um Yes, it appears you can keep your orchids going with three ice cubes a week. Now, as I said, no commercial producer is doing this. And people who have orchids uh, long term don't use ice cubes. And of course, you don't want to put ice cubes on the leaves. You don't want the aerial roots to get in touch with the ice cubes. But it seems that is an okay way to take care of them. Um, so, we have more information on this at the at our yard and garden blog up on the website and uh, This is the first study i 'm aware of that really tested the ice cube so for short term use and you know a, a valentine's day is coming up people are going to be buying orchids sure. they're going to be thinking about orchids uh, people have orchids um in their homes now because they bloom the blooms last for such a long time so ice cubes are okay uh short term but we have, we have more information up on that in the yard and garden blog How about that yes
1: next study we'll be doing with uh, crushed ice <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yes. it's a thought.
0: well you know it's an easy way three ice cubes a week it's an easy way it's it's uh the orchids are tough because they grow in bark they're epiphytes oh. and they live really in natural conditions they don't grow in soil so they're potted in bark you water them and the water runs right out and people say well Gosh, did that work at all? Well, yes, it did. You, ideally, you water them in the sink, water them well, let the water drain, put them back in the container they're in. But, but ice cubes can work. All right, <laughs> there if, you have it. You have,
1: I want to ask you in a moment about the Big Green Expo six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you have any kind of a lawn and garden question for Mary, uh, call it in or text it in. The text number is eight one eight zero seven. Mary, we're already getting. Some of those, let's see. This person has a one-foot-tall dwarf Alberta spruce from Christmas. The directions say to plant in the ground after the holidays. Should I really? Or maybe put in a cold basement? doesn't look as healthy as when I got it.
0: Yeah, this is really rough now in our climate because, of course, nobody can plant this outside. You can't get a shovel in the soil. And even if you could, our conditions are horrific to take a plant that's been growing indoors and put it directly outdoors. I would say the coolest room you have and good light conditions. Um, It's really hard to put it into a totally dormant state now. I would try to keep it alive in cool conditions, but uh, it's tough. It's tough for us to do that. Sometimes in the Carolinas where it's not so cold and so on, you can actually do this. You can plant things outside, um, in even in the middle of the winter where conditions are not as bad. But that just does not work for us in okay. Minnesota.
1: 651-989-9226. I see a line open if you want to call in your question for Mary. Or again, the text number is 81807. Linda is calling from New Germany. Linda, good morning. What's your question for Mary?
0: Good morning. I have some sweet potatoes that I cut the eyes off of. And I wondered if I can grow those, start them in the house and start them now to plant in the garden for, for vegetables in the fall. Uh, Lindy, you might be able to do this. The tricky thing is a sweet potato is like a dahlia and they differ from our white potato tubers. So those white potato tubers, they're going to grow from the eyes or the little dents that are all over them. But uh, sweet potato only comes from the very end of the plant. And that's the shoot end, not the root end. So it's kind of tough uh, to do this. Uh, The best thing to do is to... Well, it's kind of tough to do. <laughs> it's, it's hard to even describe how to do this because that growing point may or may not be on a sweet potato you get from the grocery store. So it, it's just really tough um, to tell you how to do it. The, the only growing point is at that root-shoot junction at the very tip of the sweet potato tuber. So um, it's tough. It's
1: okay. tough. <laughs> <laughs> There's your answer, Linda. Uh, thanks, for the, thanks for the call. 651-989-9226. Now, a texter, uh, Mary, said this. What can you tell us about the Christmas tree bugs in the news? Are our local tree farms going to be threatened? What's the story about
0: that? Oh yes. This was uh, I'm trying to remember. Jeff Hahn did a nice article on this. This was, I think, a scale that came in on some evergreens. It was mostly wreaths. That's I don't what think I th- it was actually I trees. recall, yes. It was wreaths. And so he recommended uh, proper disposal of the wreaths to get rid of that. So hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um there's a good and a bad thing about the winter and where these um Insects are, and most of the reeds are outside, so disposed of properly, hopefully not. Uh, we still are safe from a few insects, but uh, that is certainly one thing that's coming uh, right down the line with our changing climate is our, as our winters are milder, we have a risk of many more insects living here. So again, look that up on the Yard and Garden blog. Uh, Jeff Hahn talked specifically about what that insect was, but proper disposal of that hopefully will eliminate the problem problem for Minnesota.
1: I think you're right. It was not in trees, per right. se. Uh, by the way, we have to take a quick break here, Mary, so don't go away. 651-989-9226. Text number, we've got a bunch of those, 81807. This is our Lana Garden Show, Smart Garden. Thanks to good friends like Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota helping you out today. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO, brought to us by our friends at Buy the Yard Patio Furniture. Mary Meyer is with us from the University of Minnesota, and we have uh, Mary, as usual, callers and texters. Uh, when, <laughs> when you mentioned uh, orchids, when we first opened up the show on the ice cube thing, uh, here's a text that says, I never had luck with orchids until this year. I do not use ice cubes, but my orchids are sitting against my deck door glass, which faces somewhat west, and even though it's a little drafty, I have had flowers. For me, it's the light. I assume.
0: Yes, the orchids like good light conditions. So for Minnesota, that means west or south in the in the winter for sure. So um, yes, light's a, light's a very big important factor. But watering uh, usually is a is a bigger one for many people. But gotta have light to get those flowers. Sure.
1: Yeah. If you want to call in your Lawn or Garden question for Mary, 651-989-9226. Or, again, if it's easier, send us a text, 81807. Uh, Dennis, Mary, is calling in from uh, Maple Grove, I believe. Dennis, what's your question for Mary? Hello, Dennis. Okay, Dennis is uh, off to have a cup of coffee, but maybe he'll be back. Uh, let's see. To do text, we have a bunch of those now. Uh, oh, here's one, a smart garden. I have Apache a rose switchgrass growing in a sizable clump now in its third year. At three years old, can I divide my clump in two, and what is the best way to do that?
0: Yes, Apache Rose is a new uh, cultivar or form of switchgrass. It's uh, kind of medium height, four feet tall, rosy uh, rosy pink flowers that are on that in mid uh, to late summer. It's a nice form that you can see out at the Arboretum in the grass collection. And um, if it's, I think he said, three years old, yes, you can divide that. Switchgrass is a vigorous perennial, and uh, you can increase that to have more uh, plants. So ideally, we do that early in the spring just as the plants are starting to grow.
1: All right. Very good. Text number again is 81807 or call us at uh, 651-989-9226. Uh, here's, here's another Orchid comment. I got an orchid for Christmas four years ago, been watering with ice cubes the entire time, have three new flowers this week.
0: Yeah, see, it's an easy way for people to do it. And so if it's been working out for you, you're probably careful when you put those ice cubes on. They're not in direct contact with the foliage or the roots of the plant. They gradually give enough water. And I'm sure this person has... has, uh, Got in good light conditions as well.
1: Sure. 651-989-9226 is our phone number. Uh, and Mary, you and I were talking before we went on the air about uh, uh, the Big Green Expo. Tell us what that yes, is and um, what's, what this, is the deal with that?
0: This past week we had uh, several thousand uh, horticulturists and green industry folks here at the convention center. That's where it was. Yes, right here in Minneapolis. And so it's just amazing to see the number of people that come in from that. Uh, There are speakers that come from all over the United States, uh, Michigan State. Purdue was there. Um, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, there, There were a lot of talks that I went to that were really good. The big theme this year was diversity. Planting a diverse number of trees uh, for our streets and landscapes and home gardens as well. The importance of diversity because of pest and disease problems that we've seen in the past. So, it, yeah, it was a great show. People don't realize it's a, it's really not for the public. It's not. It's okay. not. It's all the industry people. So all the garden center owners, all the golf course superintendents, all the park superintendents, uh, everybody who um, has a nursery business and so on are, are there. So it's really great. Uh, we get together once a year. It's in January. Um, the only thing the public might be interested in is if you want a job in this business. There are hundreds of jobs posted on jobs. Boards. Really? Yeah. But then they're also listed. The Minnesota Nursery and Landscape Association that sponsors this has a website where they post their jobs as well. So it's a great uh Great time to learn what's going on. Um, I think my favorite talk was um, was one of our Minnesota people, Chad Giblin. I love hearing him talk about uh, our need to plant diverse trees. And he talked about different kinds of trees that you can plant. Uh, some of the things we don't think so much about, uh, ginkgo, ironwood, hackberry, alder, Ohio Buckeye, Black Willow, some really different trees to think about. And so the newest recommendation is have no more than 10% of one genus um, in a planting. So think about this. What's on your property? Um, you should have, you know, if you have four or five maples, uh, you probably have more than 10% of the trees on your property that are Acer or maple. So you want to keep it below um, 10% because then you have the diversity and if there are insect or disease problems that come, uh, you won't suffer as much.
1: So that that was that Green Expo is done, over and done
0: with. Now. It's over and done with. Yes, it was a three-day event. It ended on Thursday. All right. Yep.
1: <laughs> Sounds like fun. It In is fact, fun. I remember yep. I, I have, uh, we've had uh, with my c- colleagues here at CCO, every so often we would go to the market barbecue and oh, meet yes. for lunch. Uh-huh. And I re- Remember, <laughs> there were a bunch of a bunch of uh, horticulturists. The horticulturists that's, that's the word. Right. Who uh, love barbecue as much yes. as we did. Say, so right. so, hey, Dennis is back on the horn. Now, Dennis, uh, what's your question for Mary?
0: Okay, uh, I'm uh, 50 plus years old, and in the
1: backyard we have little hills, uh, constant, lumps, constantly
0: through our lawn, so we can hardly walk.
1: Earthworm issue again, Mary, with the bumpy yes, lawn?
0: Right. I, yes, right. Um, yes. So that's, that's a difficult thing to control. Um, most of us are not interested in killing earthworms. Earthworms do a lot of aeration for the soil and so on. But um, unless you want to consider totally renovation, I, I certainly would not recommend that. You could try rolling, but really, again, we don't recommend uh, compacting the soil, Um you know, Dennis didn't mention how his lawn looks, but he, he didn't say there's a problem with actually growing with the lawn and with the grass. Usually it's a bumpiness that bothers us more than um, than actually hurting the grass.
1: And it's kind of tough to mow the lawn, too, when it's so bumpy. It is.
0: It's you more know. difficult. That's, <laughs> right. Yeah, really.
1: That's right. Mary, hang on. We have another half hour of the show to go. We welcome your Lawn and Garden questions by phone or by text. I see uh, one line is open if you'd like to fill it, 651 651- 989-9226 or send Mary your text at eight one eight zero seven. When we come back to Mary, let's talk about a couple of things. Not only the website for the U of M, but uh, the, the Arboretum. Arboretum. We yes. always got to bring that up. That's a great right. place. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Garden Show, brought to us by By the Yard, maintenance-free outdoor furniture. Be sure to visit By the Yard. Dot net. Check out what we've told you about for so many years here. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, call in. Mary Myers is in from the University of Minnesota Extension. Now let's, before we get back to the phones and text, Mary, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, the website, because a lot of work has been put into that.
0: Yes, uh, the extension.umn.edu. Click on Garden, Yard and Garden. uh, Blog will be there, the latest tips. We have New Year's resolutions for gardeners. We have ideas for winter gardening, uh, getting your... Thoughts and organization and your garden uh, list ready. Uh, So that's a great resource, extension.umn.edu. Yeah,
1: we'll mention that again, too, before uh, you leave us today. 651-989-9226, if you have a lawn or garden question, today is your day. We do this every Saturday here in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, John in Burnsville, I believe, is on the line. John, Mary is listening. Uh, Hi, Mary. We have a vole problem in our yard After doing some landscaping work last uh, summer, is there anything you can recommend to get rid of them?
0: Well... I, I wish there was an easy answer, John, but there really isn't. Uh, voles they are there looking around for insects, for uh, invertebrates, things to eat that are exist in your soil. They can be really mm-hmm. a nuisance. Uh, the only uh, really tried and true remedy is trapping, which is actually killing them. The traps are really dangerous. They're not something we want to uh, recommend when you have uh, children around. So it's a, it really is a difficult problem. Um, they, the voles tend to bother... Us more than they do the actual grass that's there. They can be uh, unsightly, but uh, stomping on the the uh, runways and so on is another thing you can do. But it's it's not they're not easy to get rid of, unfortunately.
1: And the same with the moles, right? Yes,
0: same thing with moles. I mean, some people will recommend killing the insects that are in the ground yeah. so you get rid of them, the moles. But that's really a um, uh, not a sure term sol- solution at all. Not a sure fire solution.
1: Right? Well, it's, a, it's a tough issue for both. It, it is okay.
0: very, very diff- difficult to control wildlife.
1: All right, John. Good luck with that. Maddie and Fridley is next up here on Cecil. Maddie, good morning.
0: Good morning. I have a question about an orchid my d- granddaughter gave me two years ago, and uh, it's not planted in a terracotta pot with a hole in the bottom. It does not have a hole in the bottom. And the leaves are one by one drying up, getting brown and falling off. I had to go on a trip. I was gone two weeks. I gave it a half a cup of water with uh, fertilizer in it, uh, orchid fertilizer. And is there anything I can do to save this orchid? Yes, uh Maddie, I would recommend that you repot this orchid and put it in a drain uh a pot with a drain hole. It doesn't matter if it's clay, the terracotta or if it's plastic, either one is okay as long as the water drains out the bottom. It it has to have good drainage in order for the plant to survive. So uh, I would recommend that you can buy orchid bark repotting uh, soil or bark for orchids. You may not need to do that. You might be able to just take it out of the pot it's in, put it in a similar size pot that does have a drain hole.
1: Okay. Thanks, Maddie. 651 989 9226 to call in your question, like Will in uh, Minneapolis. Will, you're on CCO with Mary. Yeah, actually, not in Oregon. Probably another question. But my first question is uh, no snow cover. I've got a bus, bunch of boxwoods, too many I can cover. Um, are they going to bite the dust like they did last year? boxwood?
0: Well, I hope not. I have a bunch of boxwood, no snow cover, and I'm just hoping for the best. Uh, Mine are about, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old, and they are pretty well established. So newer ones may be less well established with a smaller root system, so they're more likely to have a problem. The lack of snow cover is a big issue, especially on a broadleaf, evergreen-like boxwood. The only thing we can do at this point is uh, you you might be able to put up some burl lap protection especially from the wind for wind burn Um, but lack of snow cover um, is a big issue for a lot of plants, herbaceous plants other ones that would normally be totally protected at this time so boxwood does best on northern exposures in our uh, location where we have less uh, exposure to the uh, severe fluctuation that we get on the south side with those exposures.
1: Like you Mary I have a bunch of boxwoods that are only about two years old. So far, so good.
0: Yes. But they are if, on the
1: north northeast side.
0: So right. That. And if they were well watered last year, hopefully oh, yeah. they they go into the wa- into the winter prepared for cold conditions. But I'd certainly much rather see my boxwood totally covered, covered under snow. the
1: snow. That's right. right. 651-989-9226. John is calling from Owatonna, I believe. John, good morning. What is your question?
0: Yeah, good morning.
1: Uh, I have seven... Sugar maples that we have lined along our limestone driveway on the there on the south side and on the north side of that same driveway is, uh, you know, quite a mature uh, basswood uh, um, little woods. and that. But uh, during the growing season, starting two years ago, all of a sudden we would have a branch or two or three or four in each tree just die. All the leaves were on it, and then that was the end of it. And then it's kind of re- replicating itself with a few branches every year. Do you have any ideas?
0: No, not without talking a lot more what's going on there. When you say the branch dies or a branch comes off and it's got the leaves and everything on, um that could be a number of things. Uh, but I, what I would do is I would get an arborist out there to look at it, maybe even two arborists to go uh, and and look closely and inspect the trees and then give you a recommendation. Um, so it, it could be a pest problem that's going on. It could be an environmental issue there um, as well. Uh, Fortunately, you don't have the same trees on both sides of the drive. You have uh, diversity with the different ones. But still, uh, when you have numerous ones of one species, you want to make sure that uh, there isn't some disease or pest there. So I'd have an arborist come out and look at them. Uh, You could also take some pictures when you have um, half-dead, half-alive branches and so on. We have the Ask a Master Gardener Experts uh, online. That's another resource from the university where you can ask a question as well. And send a picture.
1: We have some great, as you know, Mary, certified arborists in this around here. Yes. A lot of good choices.
0: Lots of good choices. That's right.
1: Good luck, John. Thank you. Uh, Let's see who's calling in next. Then we'll grab some text messages. Pat in Grove City is next up. Thank you, Pat. What's your question?
0: Yes. I was wondering, when do we trim apple trees? Um, Somebody said in February. Is that true? And how or what do we do? Yes. Late winter is a good time to prune the fruit trees. That's when the uh, orchards are pruned out at the Minnesota Landscape Arboretum. So in the wintertime, you can see the structure and the branching habit of the tree, and it's easier to make decisions than for pruning. So late winter before the trees uh, come out. We have another new resource on pruning fruit trees that's a video that's up online at the extension.umn.edu website, and that is where Annie Claude, one of our extension horticulturists who works with fruits and vegetables, um, interviewed David Bedford, who manages the orchards and is one of our breeders uh, at the Arboretum. So that's a fun video that you can see. It's really hard to describe fruit tree pruning with words, so when you see it, uh, it's much easier.
1: and the website, again, for those that are joining us?
0: Extension.umn.edu. Excellent.
1: Here's the text. By the way, if you want to send Mary your question via text, 81807. Uh, hi, this comes from Jane in St. Louis Park. How many red oaks would like to plant bushes? Any ideas? How close to the trees can I plant? The area is part shade. Thank
0: you. Well, it's always a challenge when we do this because it's difficult to put in new plants, especially shrubs that have a, need a sizable root ball, without damaging some of the roots that are there uh, on the trees. So, uh, gosh, I guess I'd go with a smaller shrubs because that'll mean a smaller um a smaller hole that you'll dig and less damage to the trees themselves. So you want to be sure that you're putting in plants that will tolerate some shade conditions. So something like yews or evergreens that tolerate shade, uh, spireas, dogwoods. uh, There are a number of plants that will tolerate shade. So I would go for smaller shrubs and do the minimal amount of digging uh, necessary.
1: All right. Text, by the way, text number is 81807 or call in your question 651 Nine eight nine nine two two six. Is there any bulb or perennial? Texter says that can make it through our winter in a three foot deep pot in my yard. Any bulb or perennial?
0: So if you completely. Uh, dig three feet down and plant this in the soil so that it 's below ground level. Pretty a lot of things are going to survive at that depth because the ground our ground will freeze, but it stays at f- about thirty two so once it 's in the ground and covered it 's going to be okay. But it's the exposure of the roots above the ground that will kill them. So you can't have that container above the ground. They're, all those roots are going to die. So pretty much you can go with anything. Any you know, I would any of the bulbs or our hardy perennials will work yeah. as long as you bury the whole pot.
1: Okay. Good thinking.
0: I do not want to dig that three-foot hole. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> a big job here. That's,
1: that's pretty big.
0: <laughs> right. All
1: yeah. right. Now, here's, here's a tough question here. How do you keep cats from eating plants?
0: Oh, my gosh. What can you do? You can put your plant up in the ceiling. No, a cat could get there. You've got to somehow create a barrier so the cat can't get to the plant. They are really mischievous and they do like to eat green. Uh, I, and the other thing, maybe you can offer some better tasting greens so they don't go for your mm. plants. Uh, that's a difficult uh, situation. So you, got, you have to make some type of a barrier where the cat can't get to the uh, plants in a totally separate room or some obstruction. Yeah. But like you that's said, it tough. should be a
1: barrier. You know, I would imagine we have great listeners.
0: Somebody, <laughs> somebody has
1: has had s- s- some solution that works. Uh, yes. I believe we'll we'll hear we'll hear and from I, that. I'm
0: sure that there's some plants that they avoid or don't like to go to, and then nepeta, the catmint, and so on. They they would like and prefer. So maybe you can give them some plants that they can eat, and uh, that will help to keep them from the others. Maybe maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe or train maybe. them.
1: Uh, regarding the orchids, a texture says, and ice cubes. There are different size ice cubes. So once again, (laughs) what's the amount of water should be used once a week?
0: It's a third of a cup. A
1: third of a cup. Yes.
0: Yeah, so okay. it was the the researchers had three ice cubes, and you know, I I in my mind said, so what size ice cube is that? But then I I read the article, and if you really are interested in this, the whole research article is uh, linked on our yard and garden uh, blog website, as well as the recommendations by the Orchid Society for how to water orchids. So it's a third a cup, or. Um, Three ice cubes per week is what the research was. You're going to be getting questions on this for weeks and weeks and (laughs) weeks. I have a feeling you're right. Yeah, it's Uh, on the website.
1: Remember, we were talking earlier about that uh, uh, disease about the greens, the Christmas wreaths. Oh yeah, the hemlock
0: scale. It was hemlock scale, and it was on wreaths. And the recommendation is to. Bag that wreath and put it in your trash. So get it out of the uh, and the, you know it was a hemlock scale. Uh, hemlock is is rare in Minnesota. So this this would have had to be wreaths that came from another location. I have never seen hemlocks used for wreaths that were produced in Minnesota. The ones that we have are fur. They're coming out of the woods that, or not the woods. They're coming from garden centers. They have fur. They have Arborvita, they have some pine in there, but hemlock. There's there's so little hemlock in Minnesota, it's 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 just not used for wreath production. Okay. But it, uh, over on the eastern United States, it could be, and there could have been some shipped in shipped here, here with it. With it yeah. on, right?
1: All right, Mary, hang on. Mary Myers with us uh, answering your questions either by phone or by text. So, folks on the line, stay there. If you want to send a text, we still have time for yours. But don't wait eight one eight zero seven. It's one below zero here in the Twin Cities, right in the in the middle of our uh, Smart Garden show. Mary Meyer from the university is with us, uh, and Mary, before we forget, I don't want to run out of time. We want to mention a couple of things before we do. Yes,
0: um, the Arboretum. The, we have February first now coming up a wonderful flower show at the Arboretum for the whole month of February. You can come out there. We have different vignettes of flowers and plants from, I think it's nine different countries. No kidding. Brazil, Mexico, Morocco, the Netherlands, uh, plants from around the world set up in a display. Uh, We have some sculptures. We have some artists that are going to be there. So it's a great chance to uh, beat the winter blues and get out to the Arboretum. And so the flower show will be a wonderful thing to see. It's free with membership, and it's $15 for adults. Uh, children under 15 are free. So 15, just remember the okay, number 15, $15, yeah, $15 memory, for yeah. adults. But, of course, you become a member and you can come all year round, uh, walk, see the shows that are on um, in the summer, in the wintertime. So February 1st will be a great uh, thing to see those uh, new, uh, the cool. new flower show at the Arboretum.
1: That sounds great. Now, again, for those who uh, have never been there, the directions to get directions
0: there? Directions are west of the city and just west of the intersection of 41 and 5. The Arboretum is just a quarter mile west of there. Uh, big entrance signs you can get in. And a, a great thing, we have the two uh, buildings with a visitor center and uh, two visitor centers. We have the Learning Center out there, a, a small conservatory, but great place to go in the winter. It's fantastic.
1: All right. We we'll, we'll mention that again too cuz yes. it's almost February.
0: It's almost February.
1: Jim in Mendota Heights has been waiting to ask you a question. Thank you, Jim. What is your question? Uh driving along the uh 35 Parkway in St. Paul the other day, I noticed a kind of a ghostly vine covering all the trees and shrubbery and I I think it's wild cucumber. Are, are you familiar with this plant and it, it looks like it's going to take over the world.
0: <laughs> yes. Wild cucumber did look like it was going to take over the world last fall. It was very noticeable. Uh, that is just an annual plant. It self-seeds and grows. And depending on the weather conditions, it can grow uh, some years better than others. So um, it it I do not think it's going to take over the world. We don't uh, always see it so vigorous as it has been the last couple of years. But it is good to know. And it's... Always the first thing uh, when you see a plant, uh, the first thing is identification to figure out what it is, and then that determines uh, good or bad. But again, there's more information about that uh, up on our website. I think the how to identify that, a couple of other things uh, were listed there recently. So extension.umn.edu. Very
1: good. Thank you, Jim. A texter wants to know, I had trouble growing radishes, great-looking tops, but no bulb. Thank you. That comes from Gary from Brooklyn Center.
0: I I would urge you just to try again. Radishes do grow very quickly. I would urge you to try a couple uh, or two or three different types of radishes. Uh, Radishes are direct seeded uh, rather than transplanted. Transplanting doesn't work out so well with radishes, but they should grow easily. Uh, The first thing that probably most people or or people will think about is too much nitrogen. Uh, Over fertilization will often cause... Uh, a large amount of foliage rather than uh, the, the roots or the other part of the plant that we're interested in. So radishes, I would not worry about fertilizing them, and i try a number of uh, different varieties.
1: Okay. Uh, here's another text. Can certain houseplants survive indefinitely in just a bottle of water without fertilizing? My philodendron looks good in the bathroom with only artificial uh, light on and off. What do you think of that question?
0: (laughs) Oh, those houseplants. Sometimes they really are uh, tough and... uh so if you've got one with artificial light, you must got to have a timer or something that's on that. And this time of year when uh, we like to go away, uh, care for our houseplants often is a challenging thing. So it's a good idea to have someone look in on your plants um, as well. But there are low-light plants, medium-light, and high-light plants and uh, so different plants will survive under different conditions. And it is amazing. Some of the schefflera are very uh, tolerant of uh, low light conditions. Really? Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Another text, Mary says, can I safely trim flowering crab trees this time of year? The trees are about five years old.
0: Uh, you can do this now in the winter where it, when it's totally dormant. Uh, this is very similar to pruning the fruit trees, uh, malice, the crab apples, that same genus. So during the winter, you can see what the branch structure is and do your pruning then. You, you can do it right now.
1: Okay. Uh, let's see. Starting, Texas says, my geranium's in the garage this week. Just water or can I put a small amount of miracle Grow in the water? <laughs>
0: I would do just water uh, fertilizer is not the limiting factor at this point uh, this This is uh, someone who 's overwintering their geraniums. Uh, she talks about them being in the garage, so I assume they're not actively growing. Now, if they're actively growing and they have flowers on them, as sometimes they will in, in uh, bright light conditions in the winter, you could do some uh, a small amount of fertilization, but uh, just water when they're just uh, still coming out of dormancy. You're trying to keep them alive, so just water.
1: I think we're going to be able to get all the text uh, messages in uh This morning, we hope, Mary. Uh, Have enjoyed. Texas says paper whites over the holiday. Is there another bulb I can grow in rock and water? Thank you, and stay warm.
0: Uh, Paper whites are by far the easiest. They have the minimal chilling or cold requirement, but uh, our garden centers like Bachman's, Otten Brothers, Dundee, and so on, many of the Garden centers in the Twin Cities, they will have bulbs that you can plant yourself that they have chilled for you. They will also have bulb gardens, multiple different kinds of bulbs planted and pre-chilled, taking care of that cold requirement that the bulbs need. And then you can just bring them into your house and watch them flower. So visit your garden centers this time of year. They've got some wonderful things to um, To keep us going through the winter, in addition to orchids, many of the bulbs in the bulb gardens will be coming out for sale now.
1: Going back to when you mentioned uh, the Green Expo, you, you also mentioned about jobs.
0: Oh, employment. Yes, employment. Employment.
1: Because somebody said, please repeat the website.
0: (laughs) Okay, the website is mnla.biz, B-I-Z. So uh, the Minnesota Nursery and Landscape Association, Jobs in the Green Industry, they post these on their website. And um, there are a a lot of jobs in the green industry. We always have a shortage of labor. We're always encouraging people to uh, study horticulture for a career because uh, you can get a job with that. Now, if you really want to get a job in horticulture, you might want to think beyond Minnesota. Because where horticulture is its most robust is Florida, California, North Carolina, where they garden year-round. So you can get a job, I ins- I assure you, if you move out of Minnesota. But uh, <laughs> we tend to have the most jobs in the growing season. How uh, about
1: here. that? Right. All right, let's see. We can't get a quick uh, text answered here about a Christmas cactus around Thanksgiving and in about five weeks Later, all the pretty flowers fell off in about three days. No new buds. Since then, no dramatic watering change. What happened?
0: Well, the flowers will only last a certain amount of time. And what encourages flowering in a Christmas cactus is cold or short days. So by cold, I mean uh, 60 degrees or less, 50 to 60 degrees. That will set those flower buds or short day conditions. So we are doing our best to not have short days in our homes. So whenever we have our lights on, we are we are making it a long day. So put it in a room where you don't turn the lights on or really cool conditions, and the buds will come again, but they take a while. So it'll be a couple of months until it will flower again. Uh, But you could always make sure that it's well watered and a little bit of fertilizer on the Christmas cactus uh, will help as well.
1: Mary, good to see you. We have to run. Give us that website for the U of M.
0: Yes, extension.umn.edu. And I'll be here next week. We have a trifecta. Oh,
1: that's right. We're going to have a bunch we of folks here. a
0: trifecta. Here. Teresa, Julie, and myself will all be here. We're doing a photo shoot. How oh, about uh, that? If we can't answer your question, who can? You'd
1: have a lot of power. We'll <laughs> see you one week from today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.